welcome to another episode of 353rd. I am Scott Barstow. And I'm Anders Brownworth. Anders, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic day in, here in Raleigh. How are things in Boston? Pretty good. Pretty good. Finally getting cold, which is pretty cool. That's kind of why I'm here. Love the cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's good. So that's great. Yeah. So the big news of the past uh, of last week that we really didn't talk about on the previous show, or I guess of two weeks ago now, was the release of the iPhone 4S. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously, the the timing was for the product release was uh, somewhat unfortunate as Steve Jobs passed away not just a few days later. Just and a day later, I think it was. Was it a day later? I think it was. Yeah. I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. So anyway, uh, uh, exciting, <clears throat> exciting, yeah. uh, exciting new release from Apple. And uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, so first of all, Apple still has Steve Jobs' picture right on the front page. I think this is notable in the sense. Well, obviously, he's an icon, and and uh, I think they're doing the right thing with this. But it is notable that they just came out with a new iPhone. Everybody is, I mean, it's just absolutely blowing away all sales records from any any other device, any other uh, handset out there, even the previous iPhone 4. Right. So, and and their homepage doesn't even have it. Yeah, it's it's stunning. It's, it's something shocking. like 4 million or something like that have been sold. It's just insane what's happening <clears throat> yeah, right now. Yeah, in the first, uh, the first weekend or whatever it was, the first three days it outsold... Uh, it sold four million, which is just a, just gangbusters. It's just going yeah. gangbusters. Yep, I guess it's it's all pre, it's pre-order primarily now. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, there was a guy that I saw that uh, walked into a store in Nashville and picked one up um, and was and had written about it and things like that. But the it's pretty exciting. I I for one am planning to uh, as you know and we've talked about on here before. I currently carry the three GS and uh, and I've never moved to the four just because well I just didn't yeah. and so this is my step up into the four realm. So you're gonna you're gonna do it. Have you done it? I have not yet. Okay. I can't find it. I can't find anybody locally that has it. But really no. interesting. So let me let me quickly so. 3GS for some time, I mean, you're obviously, I guess, out past your two-year contract limit. So at this point, you have the flexibility to change carriers. Are you doing that? Well, I don't because actually I got my 3G just this past year. I had a three for forever. Um, ah, okay. and, and so I just re-upped last year um, with the 3GS. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm back in the throes of another uh, long-term relationship with let's, AT&T. Let's say you you had the flexibility to change. It was a zero cost thing for you to change. Would you change a carrier? I've thought about it, you know, but um, yeah, I, I don't have the, I mean, I have some problems when I travel with AT&T, but it's usually not bad. Yeah. And uh, I know, I know I've seen, I've been around people that have as many problems with Verizon as they, as people that have, you know, problems with AT&T. I think if yeah. I lived in the Northeast, I would absolutely change uh-huh. just because Verizon is ubiquitous up there. Uh-huh. Well, but, so, so it, it, this is interesting. I think, so to my, my opinion has always been that the carriers are kind of all the same. They're kind of all not great and it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really you know, help me at all if I'm switching around all the time. So my thoughts were, you know what, AT&T is probably a little better on data 
and Verizon and Sprint are probably a little better on voice. And yeah. I just don't care about voice. I mean, I yeah, want I my either. data to just work everywhere and be fast. That's, you know, I can do voice over data if I really need voice. So I want data, you know, show me, give me my, my texts, give me my, uh, you know, IP, my web and, and all that. And uh, I'm okay if the call doesn't really want to reliably go through. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I generally, I'm on it way more for, right now, I'm on it way more for data than I ever am for voice. Right. And so, and like I said, I just don't seem to have that many problems with yeah. AT&T. I think if I were, I would probably switch to, before, so before I was with AT&T, I had a BlackBerry on Sprint. BlackBerry, and, wow, that's old school. Yeah, yeah. and uh, getting older by the minute, <laughs> and uh, as as we all are, and I found Sprint's data service at that time, which was, this was a while ago, yeah. um, three, four years ago at least. Uh, at that time, I thought Sprint was pretty good. Uh-huh. So I would actually, you know, I know Sprint's, if you're in Sprint coverage, if you're solidly in Sprint coverage, their data network is very fast. Yeah. Um, but the problem is they just don't have the coverage that an AT&T or Verizon does. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I guess I'm one of the few that's, I think that you're always going to be discontented about something. Um, with your with your service, and I guess I'm right now. I don't have any plans to change. Yeah, so I've got a AT and T microcell, which certainly helps in my home because if I'm back, especially around my server area, there isn't a chance for any wireless network to get there outside of some my plant. So in in a sense, I'm I'm bought into AT and T because I have a microcell. Um, mm-hmm. because I paid through the teeth in order to make their network better, right. which is beyond me. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you just need the thing to work. And, and, uh, you know, it does a, it does a brilliant job actually. Um, yep. so yeah, well, I imagine if I had bought a, you know, if I had Sprint and I had bought a Sprint microcell, it would have been the same deal. Yeah, probably. Um, I think it's, I think it's great that Sprint is stepping into the iPhone game. There was a, you know, there's a big stink about whether they spent way too much money to get into the mix and yeah. all that sort of thing. What but do you I, think? Do you think, do you think they bet the company and are going to lose? I, I mean, show me somebody that's bet on Apple and lost so far. Right. I don't think that there's a track record for that, but I mean, well, it, first of all, I think they had no other choice. They had yeah, to do this. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if you, I, I was in, I've been in the last couple of weeks, last couple of weeks, I've been in probably three or four meetings and there hasn't been another device in yeah. anyone's hands. Yeah. So it's becoming almost ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, it's coming like the, uh, the, Remember, uh, you know, a number of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, you, every conference you go to, it, 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 there was some like one year period or so where conferences went from majority of, you know, some Windows machine, mostly Dells, basically Dell laptops to majority Mac laptops. Now, now you go anywhere you go, any, like, especially you go to a, a school and you see kids taking notes in class it's a sea of Macs, and you might be you might see uh, some other anything else, some other device, you know, every once in a blue moon, and it would be rare. Uh, so yeah. you're saying the same thing is happening in the uh, in the cell phone. Yeah, and world. I think for me, it's a, it's a lot like BlackBerry was four or five years ago. Yeah. If you had if you had email on your phone, you had BlackBerry. You had a BlackBerry, right? So I mean, that was so, it. so so wh- where do you so I, Google is obviously throwing down some pretty big uh, 
sign-up stats for Android. Everybody had, there's a million Android devices. I've got eight of them. Uh, you know, then again, I'm, I'm doing mobile stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I have, and I have service on some of these things. And I don't carry them out of the house. You couldn't, you couldn't pull the uh, iPhone out of my hand. I mean, I, there's, I'm so totally locked to that. I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't move if, I, if you paid me. Yep. Um, do you do you think that that uh, this is some kind of a wave that's about to crash? I mean, I certainly no, I don't, I don't think so because it's it's. I just don't see, I don't see how the Android overtakes it. I mean, I, maybe I'm just being well, it does small minded numbers. about it, but it yeah, but it by doesn't numbers. by by any other measure, it doesn't. Yeah, by the it doesn't pass a litmus test of going out and walking on the street and seeing who's got what phones. No, nope. certainly nope. around here. No, and anywhere. I mean, maybe it's the circles that you and I run in, right? It could be. But well, I mean, but I, I'm just Beacon thinking Street. about. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like friends of of uh, like my wife's friends. When I when I see them, they're all carrying an iPhone. Yeah, and and they aren't involved. You know, their husband. It's not because their husbands are in technology and yeah. they get the hand me downs like it is for mine. So I just I don't I don't see it changing. Yeah. Um, so speaking of mobile. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a. There's a uh, there's an interesting topic around mobile that we haven't talked about yet, and that is the use of HTML5. Yeah. And so uh, you and I were talking earlier this week, and I was uh, working on a uh, working on a prototype for a client's application that required the ability to capture GPS data points while walking around, and then be able to present those points on a map. And so that that was the general requirement. I think. When most people think about that kind of functionality, they think, "Oh, well, that's a native app." You think right? app, yeah, yeah, sure. That's a that's a. I've got a code for iPhone, and then I've got a code for Android, yeah. and then the other requirement that I had, as you as you may or may not recall, was the ability to store data offline. Yeah. And so, if I'm out of coverage completely, I'm not in Wi-Fi. I'm not in any kind of either 3G or extended data coverage on any network. Yep. Um, I had the the other requirement for this application was that the application itself still had to work. So I had to be able to fill out forms and capture data. And then when the application got back in coverage, or when the device got back in coverage, I should say, data would sync back to the application in the uh, in the cloud. And so most people think, oh, well, I've got to have an app for that. Uh, I've got to you know I've got a code to I've got a code in Objective C. Or I've got a code in uh, in the Android development language, essentially Java. Yeah, and uh, and the reality is that we that it's just not required. Yeah, and uh, so why don't you uh, why don't you take us through why that is and uh, give us the history of HTML5 and how you've used it and all of those kind of things. So uh, clearly, the answer to this is, is HTML5. The reason you you don't actually need to write these na- apps natively is because. Uh, HTML5 and probably more specifically WebKit, which is used in most uh, mobile browsers, supports HTML5, which gives you the ability to write in a limited way to a local database, a local file store, uh, get access to location services, uh, GPS, and, and that sort of thing. So where did this all come from? Well, Back in the day, there, there's always been this chicken and egg problem with browsers. You had, uh, well, browsers and specs, I should say. You had, uh, all the way back in the beginning, you kind of had the, the Mozilla, you know, slash turned into Netscape uh, guys. Uh, Andreessen was, was, was the guy really pushing the, the pedal on this. 
you're saying, okay, you know, web pages, we really need to have images uh, as well as this text. So should the tag be I M A G E, you know, image, you know, yeah. this, that, or that thing, or should it be I M G, you know, this shorthand, I M G S R C equals, yep. and then whatever. So they bicker back and forth about it, uh, about what the spec should be. Basically, you know, the Mozilla guys said, "Look, we gotta, we gotta have something." So they just did IMG. And they put it in their browser. Now, at the point, basically, one hundred percent of web browsers out there support IMG. So what did the spec do? Then the spec had to take IMG. Um, right. Later on, they tried to, you know, swap it. They, they tried to get together. Now you got a bunch of browsers out there. You got IE. You have Firefox. You have a couple of, you know, a bunch of browsers out there. They don't all, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if one of them does something, it's not guaranteed that the others will, so it probably makes more sense to go back to the spec. So they did. And they started putting things in the spec and then having uh, browsers support them or not. Uh, and this this was kind of, you know, give and take was going on. And then suddenly they said, you know what we need to do? We need to throw everything out and basically start from scratch and build this whole new thing. And they you know, sat around for years and years writing up a spec, uh, you know, trying to reinvent the whole thing and came up with all of this, you know, legal XML-ish HTML, uh, you know, a lot of very formal things and a lot of structure and tried to solve a lot of problems, which in the grand scheme of things were, you know, browsers were pretty much just supporting their own versions of various types of these things, and they kind of went past that, and the whole thing sort of fell apart. And the 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 winner, sort of the evolution of the uh, HTML idea from day one, was this HTML five thing. Mm -hmm. And this is some this is a this is a structure that actually far more cleanly handles various browser implementations of some bleeding ed edge features handles them before it you know before the spec officially handles it but then gives a a real clean way to sort of you know allow those browsers to uh, solidify and the features to become actually part of the spec so there's there's like this backwards compatibility thing built into html5 and as a result, HTML5 had a lot of these, uh, a lot of these sort of very forward-thinking features. You know, you're talking about a, a mobile browser experience. Now, mobile, of course, has location. You probably never would have thought of location if you were just thinking about a a desktop and a and a monitor sitting on a desk. I mean, it just yep. you know yeah, you're so, not going to carry that around, right? You're not, and and then that becomes such a fundamental piece of the mobile. Uh, uh, browser experience that you need to, you know, it needed to get in the spec, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, Internet Explorer, you know, some some browser was just going to support that on the desktop and, and you would get kind of how to have a little bit of innovation circling back into it. So some of the things that have come out of HTML5 and this this sort of new uh, really renaissance of the, the, uh, the browser and the standard uh, has been this ability to get at location services, get at uh, data, have a local data store, be able to really be able to cache things a lot better, uh, and and be able to do a lot of the other things that that are typical of uh, Five have to do with Canvas, the way to write on onto the browser as if it is a picture, 
uh, just uh, draw arbitrary lines if you want. Uh, some of the stuff they have are, are gradient fills, so you can make things that look like nice gradient buttons. You can describe them in CSS rather than making an image for every button and then having it locked to a certain size. Because you'll note, you know, with the iPhone and, and WebKit browsers, you can zoom in, and there is no one, you know, this is the size that things are. You really zoom in and zoom out as part of the, the experience. So having things be flexible that way became a, a pretty important thing. Yeah, um, so there's a, it seems like to me from all the things you've talked about, there's a couple of really important things in all of this. One is this, this idea of standardizing on the WebKit as the as the WebKit browser is kind of the underlying technology, and it seems to me that everybody from what my from what I know about it, most everybody has adopted this as the standard. Microsoft is actually in IE nine um, is moving toward uh, standardizing on WebKit as well. Are they? I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, and because- so and they're always, of course, the last ones to do anything, and they you know, kick and scream and always want to do things their own way. And yeah, and it's always been you know they are more than anyone else the cause for you know all of the he- all of the headaches that designers have around making sure that stuff works cross browser yeah yeah and so i think that's really important it seems like they're hopefully they come on board all the way um and i'm you know thinking particularly about their new mobile browser the windows 8 stuff that they're getting ready to do and uh-huh. and all of that hopefully they actually join the party this time instead of you know standing yeah, outside know. standing outside the door and and you know forcing everybody to come out and see them uh, instead of just being inside you know mingling with everybody. So, <laughs> well, I think, yeah. interestingly, uh, WebKit is a project started by Apple, right? Right. Yeah. And so I think that's that's really interesting. I think the uh, the other thing. That I um, that I know that you feel very passionately about is the HTML5 eliminates one of your favorite technologies, Flash. Yes, uh, listeners have to know that I have a very passionate and 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 you know just engaging relationship with Flash. Uh, but it is a very a visceral hatred. It is a very negative one. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Flash as a technology is is uh, you know as Steve Jobs said it was sort of in its the the elder years of its life cycle. Uh, really, the problem the problems I have with Flash is they're not. It's not meant for a mobile. It's meant for a, a keyboard and a mouse. It's very mouse driven. Uh, it's not meant for a touch interface. Um, you can adopt it, whatever, and you know there there are things there. And then a lot of what what uh, Adobe had done was uh, optimize it for Windows and get it working in certain environments, but not others. And it was always a dog on my Mac. It would spike my CPU to a hundred percent if I'm watching a yeah. video, and it would still drop frames. So uh, considering that you, you know if you're watching YouTube or something like that, that's a I mean that is fr- that's why you go to youtube.com it is to play a video and if that relies on flash that's a you know flash better run well uh frequently flash will i mean flash will just crash inside the browser and and i'll just sit there navigating the web without flash and not even uh not even rebooting the browser just because of that um yeah but i was on i remember i was on a site this was two three days ago yeah i forget what site it was it was some video site um 
and I went to watch something, and just like you were just saying, my CPU went to, I think it went to 99%. Yeah. And I was just sitting there watching a video, and it was <laughs> and it was the Shockwave player, yeah. you know, playing whatever it was. And it's like, man, this, this is ridiculous in this day yeah. and age that you, I mean, I've got a machine that would run half of a continent yeah. sitting on my desktop, and I, to watch a video, it takes all of my CPU. It's unbelievable. And the other thing is, when I'm on my laptop, it literally roasts holes in my leg. I have like these... Yeah, you can't do it. You oh, can't watch video. It's horrible. It's, it's yeah. just a killer. Your so anyway, legs will fry. They will. So yep. HTML5 comes along, has a video tag. Here we go. You know, now the, now the browser can actually play video as it should. Uh, it allows you to do lots of other things, too, and it's really encroached quite significantly on the, the features of Flash, if you want to think about it purely in that uh, uh, sort of realm. But I think most importantly, what it's really done is taken out the, the, the large um, you know, chunks of what you would ever use Flash for. I mean, right. the, so then the web is left. So YouTube is, has walked away from Flash. A bunch of everybody's walking away from Flash really because of the iPhone and the iPad. But uh, which don't run Flash. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're left with, you know, who else runs Flash? It's basically restaurant websites on the yeah. net. And they're yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. You've got, it's that, it's that whole, you know, four or five years ago, everybody was, or a lot of times you'll see it with um, uh, design firms as well. They'll, which, do, which they'll use it to uh, to do their portfolios or things like that. Right, which surprises me because I mean, you know, I like I just show me the content. I don't need some fancy interface to right. You know, and yeah, I don't, I don't want need you to, to have, learn put it. some goofy pager thing on it. Right. Just and, let and, me browse through it. And how do I make it shut up? How where is the just be silent? Stop the music. I don't want the yeah. music. I, yeah. I, I look at uh, there's a funny site. I can't remember the name of it, but a funny site about uh, restaurant websites and how they just don't get it. Uh, you know, obviously, people that are running a web uh, a restaurant aren't thinking website as their their number one uh, concern here. But got to tell you, they it's always what do you care when you get to a re- website for a restaurant? You want to know what the name of the place is. You know, kind of what they serve or whatever. Most importantly. Contact information. How do I, you know, where is it? Where are yeah, you Yeah, and I want to be able to see a menu. Just show, show me, me your menu. PDF. Show me your name. Show me your menu. Show me your 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 address. Yeah. And and just get out of my way. Just one page, please. Yeah. I would have, uh, what would have been fun to be in the room for is when the guys at Apple made the decision not to support Flash. <laughs> yeah. Because you get the feeling Steve Jobs was just sitting there saying, you know what, this is my, if I'm right about the iPhone, this is my chance to kill Flash. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, adversarial like that. Like, I don't think it was done. Well, I, I just think he saw that it was it was not something that he that would work well on his platform. It, was, it wouldn't work well, right? And 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 so it was just. But remember the outcry when the iPhone came out. Oh, it was. Um, it was you know, people were just couldn't believe. Yeah. That it wasn't going to support Flash, and here we are, you know, four or five years later, and turns out that. Uh, that he was right, that we d- really don't need it. And it's forced everyone to move away from it um, that needs to be in the mobile space, which right now is ev- is everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, so so look at, uh, look at my, uh, you know, Android phone. Not able to do Flash. Nobody's complaining. Yep. I'm not complaining. Nope. 
you know, now is that this is an interesting question? Does that come from the fact that the that the uh, iOS devices don't support Flash, and and you know, then Android comes along a little later with something that looks very much like an iPhone, and oh, it's you know, well, that doesn't do Flash either. Uh, I know some do. There are some phones that actually do, but it's a janky interface. You got to like, okay, now my focus is in Flash, not in the browser. So when I when I tap, it's as if it's a mouse click and you know, uh, it's just, you know, crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so HTML5, it basically has chunked away a lot of the major reasons you would ever have Flash so that there isn't a compelling reason for Flash out there. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the thing that's great about it is that you, if, you, if, you do, if you code your site right, it will look really good on your iPhone and yeah. it'll look really good on your desktop. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you just have to have the right tags so that it knows how to scale and things like that. Well, here's, here's the thing I would say. You should develop for mobile first because the fact of the matter is more people use the web through mobile or use the net through the mobile than they do through the desktop browser. And that, that discrepancy – now, granted, that's mostly because of you know developing nations. So they only have cell phones and all right. that sort of thing. But this trend is taking over. And it yep. makes a lot of sense to consider – uh, mobile first, and then adapt your site to also work on a desktop, and that's hard to do if you're th- you're used to sitting on a desktop all the time. Um, matter yeah. of fact, there's some there's uh, an interesting JavaScript slash CSS project that I've been basically including in all my Rails applications ever since I found it. It's called Skeleton. It's at getskeleton.com or org, I think maybe. Skeleton is, uh, is basically a way to uh, you know just drop content in, and it looks really great on a tiny screen or a large screen. You can even take your browser and squish it down really tiny, and the content reorganizes itself so that it fits and looks good on a on a very small screen. And it's been fantastic. It's really been a great sort of starting place for my Rails apps. I'd love for something like that to be really be the the base that gets included with rails proper, but, yeah. uh, you know, time will tell, I guess. Yeah. So. I think it's, uh, it's, it's interesting and compelling technology. It feels like, uh, I think you're absolutely right that in many ways, and the other, the other thing that coding first for the mobile does is that it forces you to really think about what's important in your application. Cause yeah. uh, on, if you have the whole desktop space to work with, you can just kind of, you can be more arbitrary, <clears throat> excuse me, more arbitrarily arbitrary, Sorry, in what you include, yeah. um, and I think with mobile you've got to really consider. Okay, well, do I really need this piece of information on the screen, or can the user do without it? Right. Or you know, you have to really think about all of those decisions. Forces you and, to focus. You're absolutely right. That is yeah. that is huge. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, really interesting stuff. Thanks for uh, thanks for the brief on that. Um, that's all for this week. You can f- check us out on the web at three fifty third dot com. And we're on Twitter at at 350THIRD, 353rd. And, of course, we're on iTunes where hopefully you're downloading this podcast and telling all of your friends about it. Absolutely. We'll see you next time.